God has really blessed me. You know, he let me work in DC, let me work with EIB and Hollywood and Silicon Valley. And he's shown me through all those experiences that there is one problem and one solution, and that's why we do this show. Welcome to A Disciple's View with Todd Herman. When the God of the universe created the world, he didn't snap his fingers or wink his eye. He didn't go to a chalkboard and draw it. He spoke words. The Lord said, let there be light. And because we believe we speak about the happenings in the world and we remain mindful that our true home is with Jesus Christ in his kingdom. Welcome to Disciples View. I am Todd Herman. What is the least memorable sin you've created? The least memorable. Maybe it's not even a sin. Maybe it's the least memorable, most non-noteworthy refusal to follow God's will. I mean, it would take a while to think about that. What if in a nation of 330 million people with, let's say, 30 million of us truly walking with the Lord? What is the number of instances of refusal to follow God's will amongst observant, strict, biblically sound, Christ-following, Holy Spirit-indwelled Christians. What would be the number of small occasions of refusal to follow God's will? What if those are preventing us from receiving the full blessing as a nation? I uh, read a book when I was in my pastoral residency program, which incidentally does not mean that I have any belief that I'm going to be an ordained pastor. That wasn't my expectation. That's not why I took the course, which is six months and 18 hours a week. I took it to become a better disciple maker. And I was blessed in the course. Prior to that, my pastor asked me to read a book called Experiencing God, Knowing and Doing the Will of God. It's a workbook. There's two. There's one is just the reading book. I did the workbook. It's written by Henry T. Blackaby and Claude V. King. And, and there's a 1990 version. There's also an updated version. And this is simply a weekly workbook to take an inventory to find out where God wants to work with you and how he intends to employ you. It contained a life-changing lesson for me. And that lesson, well, it created some discomfort, massive discomfort uh, in my life and in the lives of other people. But I'm thinking this morning as I'm looking at the news, and there's plenty of things we could talk about talk radio style. There's an A-list actor. His career might be coming to an end if he follows a different path. This is what Fox News tells us. There's a pop star who's filed for divorce. There's rumors about an affair with a married co-star, Swirl. There's a man who was carjacked in his own garage in one of America's richest, wealthiest neighborhoods. There's John Fetterman, hits back at Republicans losing their mind over the Senate's new dress code. There's the White House. And an exclusive piece on Fox News has slapped down the discussion of impeachment, slapped it down. 
So we could delve into that. But what is that least remarkable instance where you chose not to follow God's will? And perhaps it's something simple. Usually is. You think of a friend and maybe just a coworker. And you spoke to the coworker and said in that morning, hey, how are you? And the coworker said, oh, wow, not very good. I, I got to tell you, uh, my kids are have some real problems. And you say, gosh, you know what? I'll pray for you. Thanks for telling me. And you go back to work. Uh, to care for the least of these when the body is hurting. Remember the body, we're all to hurt. Uh, this isn't about trying to induce any guilt in you. It's not. It's an inventory. I'm thinking of 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them their sin and heal their land. Yeah, there is this, that part of this is prep for the next segment. It is. This segment is truly prep for the next segment because the next segment gets pretty rough. Uh, it's my contention that in the cultural revolution, and we are being put through a cultural revolution, if you've ever wondered what a Maoist revolution is like, you're in one. Part of that is the creation of a new master race of sorts, a race of people of sorts, a literal invention of a race of people of sorts, uh, with the biblically frightening reality that they are specifically created to void in the minds of their creator's law. God's word. And they're being given special privileges. There's also the abuse of kids' minds in terms of sexual development and a company that gets to engage in, in well, selling the results of sex trafficking openly. But this is prep. You could call those bigger sins, and I think they are, than not taking the time to really work through with someone the challenges that this world is giving to them, even as we are in this world, but not of it. Um, in experiencing God, I was challenged to make an inventory of instances where I treated people in an ungodly way that might, might be a reason that God would withhold the big task People so commonly want the big task. They want, the, they want God to come to them and say, here is your meaning. This is the big project. And what the book Experiencing God contends is that God's not going to do that until the little tasks are taken care of. Just like you're not going to free someone up to, to be an architect of a, of, a, of a tall office tower until they show that they can architect a room. You're not going to yourself set out to build a house if you don't know how to hang a door. You're not going to give your kids the keys to the car and say, have a good week, enjoy the trip to California until you've driven with them countless times to see that they know how to do it. And you trust them, level of maturity, etc. You're not. Well, God is the perfect father. So what if these little things we haven't done are adding up to God saying, I don't hear you. 
He's not, I'm not saying he's vengeful. I'm saying he tells us this. That a nation that seems to show, oh, we've got it all handled. Well, why would we get the next big assignment as a nation? So when I came to this particular section of the book and I started to make a list, I had to go to my wife. And I had to say, I need to contact some people. I need to contact some women I dated before I met you. And I need to apologize. And she said, is this going to be an ongoing thing? No, absolutely not. This will be reaching out and having a conversation to apologize. Now, to be clear, I was raised by a single mother, effectively. My dad was a great guy, but not in the home with a sister. In other words, raised around women. Never, ever have I lifted a hand to a woman, wouldn't do that. I don't cheat on people, never have, thank God. But I wasn't always discipled in the way of understanding God's plan for sexuality, and I'll leave it there. So I made some phone calls, and I got in touch. And I wouldn't say I was forgiven because many of the women with whom I spoke said, there's no need to forgive you. But I did get to say this. Would it be okay if I pray for you? And one woman who has done so much in her life has changed so much and grown so much and is now in the service of others as a trauma counselor for young women who've been sexually assaulted. She shared with me that she had been sexually assaulted when she was younger before she met me. And I think I knew that. I think I knew that. I was so proud of the work she's done. And she said, when I said, may I pray for you? She said, if it was anyone else, I'd tell you off. But no, because you were kind to me, you can. I didn't say that that turned her towards God. But I got to speak his name. And a truly remarkable event occurred. I had blown out my shoulder, and that sounds like nothing. Okay, buddy, you blew out your shoulder. Good for you. And it happened in a CrossFit gym, and everybody blamed CrossFit. All my friends, ah, that's, 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 you, she didn't do that CrossFit thing. And I said, no, no, no. These are bone spurs. This is from wrestling. This is from years, you know, being in the 400-pound bench press club when that mattered to me. It's not, it's not CrossFit. But I was really really centering my life on getting back into competition shape. And it snapped. Uh, the guy behind me heard it snap. It was a snap. It was a massive tear. And I was down at this. I was making such progress. At what? And I was walking through my neighborhood with my dog and I was, I was just communicating with God and said, why now? And the Lord spoke so clearly to me. He said, if I give you the opportunity to start over, will you put me at the center? And I said, yes, Lord. And he began to put people in my path who I had not tried to disciple, with whom I had not shared the word of God. He, he showed me clearly, hey, I'm not at the center of your gym activity. You haven't shared my name with a single person in there. Save your coach. That's it. 
even so much as invited a person to church. You haven't even shared your faith statement. So I started to do this work. And then one day getting into the shower, I heard God say, if I give you the opportunity to start over, will you put me at the center? And I said, yes, Lord. At two o'clock in the morning, and I never sleep with my phone next to my bed, at two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and something said, check your phone. Checked my email. The daughter of a young woman I knew when I was growing up got in touch with me. I had made a promise to myself. I was very frustrated with this young woman and her decision to, to mask from her daughter who the father was. And I knew this information, but how wrong would it be for me to go to a you know, seven or eight-year-old kid? And I could, that would be immoral. But I'd made myself a promise. I, this girl deserves to know. I didn't keep the promise. If I give you an opportunity to start over, will you put me at the center? There's this note. I know you were a good friend of my mom's. I know you were a family friend. Uh, I've seen you in pictures. I know you have this podcast and radio show. Will you answer this question for me? And I did. And then I got in touch with her mom and said, hey, uh, we should probably chat. And we did. And we put God at the center of that conversation. It was a week or two after that, that God informed me I would be leaving radio about three years ago by showing me the speech codes that were coming down and that it would be impossible for me to tell the truth on my own radio program. The next assignment was to build a podcast that he built made it into the top one half of 1% of podcasts globally due to him allowing me to fill in for Rush all those years. Thank you, Rush. God rest you and thank you, God. And now here we are on 182 radio stations on AFR. And I believe it's because I went back and did the little things I should have done the first time around. So what if the little things we haven't done being done could have God heal our land because as you'll hear in the next segment, our land must be healed. This is a Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. Welcome back to Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. Uh, it's one way to describe this, I think, is that uh, the Lord has presented to us some, some impossible to fail, pass-fail tests. Uh, we're told to be in the world and not of it, right? Uh, <laughs> sometimes it becomes so easy to not be of the world when we see what the world is. And we also see, at least I do, and maybe you do as well, that the, the, what I call the party, which is, well, it's the world. It's academia, it's big media, it's big pharma, big, big finance and tech, and, and what's called the deep state, the, the bureaucracies, are all aligned, uh, and it seems to me, not, not the people. There's plenty of people, and there are godly people, and we need to pray for them, and 
And if you work in one of those agencies, you work at the CDC and you're a godly person, I hope you're using that as a mission. Oh my goodness, I hope that you are absolutely preaching the word of God and refusing to put pronouns in your signature lines. If you're at the FBI, I hope that you refuse to lie about that stuff. Refuse to play the culture war game. Refuse to violate God's word. And if you're doing that, you're treating it as a mission field, then we, we owe you nothing but prayers and respect for doing that. But the agencies at the top stand adverse to God. And they're picking winners and losers, which is a cliched political statement with profound application in this cultural revolution through which you're living. This is a Maoist revolution. They are flipping society. It is an opportunity to give people who like to think of themselves as marginalized a way to get revenge. So in this instance, here's a couple of examples of this. The Biden administration is giving over $5 million to journalists who say they've been traumatized by getting called out on social media. Are, are, are they giving it to anyone else? And when they say called out on social media, they mean challenged with, quote, disinformation-driven harassment campaigns. This disinformation campaign, for instance, might be aimed at the NBC News Twitter staff who writes this about Ray Epps. Remember Ray Epps? He was the guy at January 6th saying, Tomorrow we go into the Capitol. He did much, much more than that. He said in a text message between he and his nephew that, hey, did you see all this? And he said, quoting from memory, I orchestrated it. I was at the front of it. I orchestrated it, quoting by memory, Epps. Well, he's finally been charged. Here's how NBC News reports this. Ray Epps, a Jan 6 participant, remember, not a rioter, not an insurrectionist, a participant Ray Epps, a Jan 6 participant who was the subject of a conspiracy theory spread by Tucker Carlson and others, has been charged in connection with the Capitol attack. He's been charged with one misdemeanor of walking on grounds in which he was not to be. Meanwhile, there are grandmas literally in their late 60s who walked through the Capitol for 10 minutes through open doors unchallenged by police who did nothing and hurt no one, and they are going to prison on multiple charges cranked up to felonies. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the, uh, the prophets who were before you. This is the Lord Jesus saying, if people are persecuting you in, the, in going after me, you receive this blessing. I, I'm not saying that the woman who went into the Capitol was doing that for godly reasons, but I am saying that people who stand by the definition of God in re- regards to male and female are not just being uh, rhetorically attacked, hence the reference to the people who run Joe Biden giving these journalists money if they feel traumatized for having been called out on Twitter with a misinformation attack. We're being legislated to lie, but it's worse and it's global. And it creates what is effectively a master race of people. The the, the biblical implications of this are so massive and so profound. Take 
ordinary people chop them up the genitalia to where they are not able to function as male or female and simply an illusion of looking like the other shoot them up with hormones to a degree that they gosh knows what's going to happen if some of these women who now pretend to be men actually get pregnant and a baby is gestated in a body with 2,000 times the amount of testosterone than it would ever be in a female body, Lord only knows what becomes of those babies. Many of these people cannot have kids, cannot be fruitful, multiply, but they're all of a sudden, they're of no sex in their mind. They're, they're, the, the, the genes are the same, the DNA is the same, the chromosomes are the same. But they're given an, an extraordinary series of powers. They're made, you might say, princes of the air. That's gone too far, Herman. There you went. You went too far. You can't support such a thing. There's no way you can provide us an example of such a thing that these people now have sort of the status of princes of the air. Well, let me try. There's a woman named, oh, well, her real name is not Posey Parker. She chose that uh, pen name because she was one of the first women in England to fight against gender ideology. And she chose this partly to protect herself. And since she's been doxxed, and, and she's actually come out and said, my name is actually this. And she fought this in courts. She's organized the Let Women Speak rallies at which women are commonly assaulted by men pretending to be women as police turn away. It happened in Canada. There were people protesting gender ideology and men dressed as women went and beat them up. And a man went up to a female police officer and said, did you see that? She said, yeah, you should have thought of that before you came out here to be bigots. So the bosses of this world, they have created a new master race of sorts. Spiritual captives who stand opposed to God's word, and not just in word, but in their flesh. Posey Parker explains how this master race runs UK courtrooms. So if you go into a female changing room and some bloke in a dress shows you his penis, you can't actually report it because you've been outing that vulnerable woman. Sounds like a joke, and it's not. No, it's not. If, if you and your daughter are in a changing room and a man comes and displays his genitalia to you and you, you complain, you can be reported for a hate crime because you have traumatized a vulnerable woman. That's an extraordinary power. It's not a power God intended us to have. Find the portion of the Bible where God said, and make them look upon your nakedness and make them regard your private parts. Find it. Who would do that? What entity would do that? That would take someone who has this need, this, this, this deep, it's not, it's, it's, I don't know, you wouldn't say it's beyond the sin need, but it is a perverse and profound sin need to show their privates to women, to make them see, to shock them, to, to get whatever dopamine hit they get out of it, whatever sin feeling they get from that, and to say, yes, yes, you get to do this. What are the empty promises that Satan gave the Lord Jesus? 
hey, just worship me. And everything you, you see here from this high place, I'll give it to you. All of it. Just, just worship me. Now, I'm not saying at all that these, all these men who pretend to be women worship Satan. What I am saying is he's a fan. He loves this. It mocks God's design for bodies. It mocks God's order. It mocks the inexorable fact that there's man and woman. It scars the bodies. It vandalates, vandalizes people made in God's image. It puts into the hands of mentally ill people the ability to force others, not just to play along with the psychoses and pretend that they're women, but to learn to be okay or at least hide the revulsion at being flashed. It's global. And it's not just on the so-called transgender issue, but that is definitely related to it because these are definitely the princes of the air. Our 51st state of Ukraine has chosen as chief threatener of dissenters an American man who pretends to be a woman. His name is Sarah Ashton Cirillo. Russia hates the truth that their obsessive focus on a Ukrainian volunteer is simply allowing the light of the Ukrainian nation's honesty to shine brightly. Next week, the teeth of the Russian devils will gnash ever harder, and their rabid mouths will foam in uncontrollable frenzy as the world will see a favorite Kremlin propagandist pay for their crimes. And this puppet of Putin is only the first. Russia's war criminal propagandists will all be hunted down, and justice will be served as we in Ukraine are led on this mission by faith in God, liberty, and complete liberation. And he says this wearing a terrible looking wig with prosthetic breasts. He's an American citizen and Jim Jordan and others want to know because he seems to have suggested that he worked for the State Department at a point. They want to know, why is he getting to do this for Ukraine? Oh, speaking of our 51st state, a woman named Penny Pritzker has been put in charge of rebuilding Ukraine with your money for the State Department. Oh, the, the name Pritzker? Yeah, she's related to J.B. Pritzker, the dictator of Illinois, or governor, some people say. You know who else she's related to? A man named Jennifer Pritzker. Oh, who's he? He is a man who has been surgically and chemically altered to appear to be a woman, a former military officer, by the way, from a billionaire, gajillionaire family. He helped start something called the Human Rights Campaign. What did it do? It worked behind the scenes to go to human rights commissions of the various states and school districts and library associations to push the transing of kids, chemically and surgically, to force people to speak the lies of male and female pronouns in reverse. It's a well-funded machine that employs on their executive board at least one pedophile. Oh, yes, pedophilia. Uh, pedophilia, transgenderism are tied at the hip. It is a confusion and a sexual confusion and a sin confusion. This is a school district and they have allowed the new master race to violate girls' locker rooms. This is from the podcast of Riley Gaines, a champion collegiate swimmer fighting to get men out of women's sports. 
last August, um, the name listed on the approval was Sasha Yates. Okay. So we approved it. Um, and then I came to find out that uh, Coach Yates had gone into the girls' locker room while the soccer team was in there. And um, disrobed to uh, his bra and underwear, his panties, is what it actually says. Um, that was on September 2nd. On September 15th, the coach entered the locker room again. And this time, apparently, was asking the girls in the locker room um, about their menstrual cycles and what type of underwear they like to wear. It's a sin problem, of course. It's a it's a, it's it's an absolute compulsion, and he's empowered to do it as part of the new master race of sorts. Magic word, trans. The confusion of sexuality is, of course, confusing the minds of young people. And when all things are allowed, nothing is forbidden. And apart from God's law, what isn't allowed? It's just the taste of human at that humans at that point. There's a website owned by a company in Ca in Canada called MindGeek. It is a YouTube of porn, and it happens that anyone can upload videos there. It's my estimation, according to this, this investigation by Sound Investigations and many other investigations about Pornhub, that Pornhub is effectively a revenue generation source for sex traffickers. Sound Investigations went undercover to talk with a man they identify as Mike Farley, one of the first employees of the company. Do you think anything slips through the cracks? Of course. 100%. How? I don't know, because it's stupid. Because at the end of the day, it's like, how are you going to tell me, like, who's in that video of the girls not showing her face? I know this guy, man. That, that's definitely this guy. So Come someone on, could still lie and get around yeah, it. Because it's stupid, because it's like, it's not factual. It's your opinion. Like, you think that? Okay. Wow, you can't yeah, really guarantee right. that. That would be the loophole that I always, like, I look at that and I'm like, that's stupid, but everybody is just kind of rolling with it. He's describing a loophole that he says sex traffickers use to put videos up of kids being raped for men to watch. And in fact, Lila McElwaite is an activist, an anti-sex trafficking activist, and she targets a lot of her focus on the demand generation sites like Pornhub and points out that multiple times it has taken a year to get the video that they know to be a 15-year-old girl being raped, in this case in South America, by two American men. One flew down to rape her, the other to film it. They made money off that video. We're in the world and we're not of it. We can't be of it. God's giving us the hardest to fail, pass-fail test in history. And we need to turn our face to God and ask for mercy, beg for mercy for the entire continent. And one personal note to men, if you ever are tempted to look at pornography, give it to the Lord and remember that you might be watching a rape of a child. This is The Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. Tower of Babbling is next.
Hey, I appreciate you listening to Disciples View. I'm Todd Herman. And in terms of segments like we've just done, I, I am aware that those are deeply uncomfortable topics and that they can cause discomfort in, in people. And God did not promise to make us comfortable. At, at no time <laughs> does it say, hey, you know what? Uh, pick up your cross daily and follow me and it'll, be ins- it'll just be incredibly comfortable. We've got to speak truth. Uh, and we just, we've just gone through talking about the fact that God tells us. Like, if, 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 if he, he repeats to us. And I chose Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. We talked about the creation of this master race of people, men who pretend to be women and, and this cultural revolution technique of saying to some people, you can do whatever you like because you're obviously helping us, but other people will we'll put you in prison for simply following the law. Or the case of some women blocking an abortion clinic entrance. You're going to prison, but sure, Antifa can block an entire city and own it for six weeks. Not an entire city, but six blocks of it. Nah, not many people went to prison. So we've talked about that. We just talked about this, this, um, this what I regard as a sex trafficking website, Pornhub. This allowed to operate here. And though they've continually been found doing this, I, I was moved to say one thing. Then we'll get to the, the tower babbling. Um, this is okay. You want uncomfortable? I'll give you uncomfortable. And this is something I, I, I want to place before parents it, it, and grandparents. If you have teens, they have undoubtedly been exposed to pornography, undoubtedly. And the average teen boy not the average, but there are many teen boys who have come to expect that violent sex is, is normal, expected, and to be enjoyed by, by girls. And on this network, I will not get specific about that. On my podcast, I've gotten very specific about it because it's self-selected. And there are a lot of people who are just tuning in now and they don't need to hear the descriptions, but on my podcast at the ToddHermanShow.com, not that you're going to go here there to, for, to be titillated by that, but you should know some of the phrases and terms that boys are using with girls and their expectations of this. Now, of course, if our kids are living in a godly life and not engaging in premarital sex, well, then that's far less of a concern. But way back in the olden days, and this is the part I wanted to share with parents, I'm sure this is uncomfortable for me, better believe it is. Way back in the day, a dear friend of mine who never harmed a soul, he was the kindest of boys. Um, he gave me some pornographic magazines, Penthouse and Playboy, when he was moving because he didn't want his mom to find them. And a truly, Eric was a, a blessing of kindness. Um, never harmed a girl. In fact, he shared with me later, he didn't even have sexual relations until he was married. And that was extraordinary where we grew up. And Eric happened to be cursed and blessed with good looks. He was part, how would I describe him? Part Tom Cruise, part Jim Morrison. That was pretty good looking. But he loved his wife and his daughters. So in any case, he gave me these magazines. And I came home from school. uh, Junior high, I think it was ninth grade. Yes, because Eric had moved. And, oh no, it would have been, Eric moved in sixth grade. Seventh grade, I came home. Seventh grade. And those magazines are on the kitchen table. Open. To, to the centerfold. 
And you can imagine, uh, I'll, I'll throw those away. No, no, no. Said my mom, no. Let's look at them together. <laughs> what? And what she said to me has stuck with me forevermore. Do you think the women enjoy being seen this way? Do you think they enjoy being reduced to just how they look? Great question. She also read some of the ridiculous letters to the editor, to me. And she said, do you think this is the way sex really is? And the answer was no. Your kids are seeing this stuff. I'm not saying go jump on the phone with them. But I am saying let's not pretend while we're in this world and not of it that it's not happening. And it's okay to ask kids questions like, hey, are there kids at school who are watching pornography? And can we talk about what it does to the mind and how addictive it is and how harmful it is and that it's not victimless? Can we talk about it being used to film rapes and to show that for those people to make money? We, 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 we owe it to them to have this truth because the world is not right now a truthful place. So let's make it more truthful. We believe, at least I do, that God doesn't, he, he doesn't stop doing things. He doesn't change. He never changes. This was inspired by the Tower of Babel where the, the Jewish people were told, you know, disperse, go about and build, build settlements elsewhere. And they said, nah, we're going to stay here and build a tower to our great, great wisdom. And God came along and said, oh, are you? <laughs> well, try it when you can't speak a common tongue. So in honor of God placing the wise on foolishly built towers of sand, we present the Tower of Babbling. You know about the biblical truth of the Tower of Babel. A Disciple's View presents... Who doesn't love a yellow school bus? Trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary people are non-binary. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. The Tower of Babbling. The people at PBS have suddenly developed a deep and sincere worry about cheapening what must be preserved as a serious step in U.S. governance. Uh, and so we should know whether Hunter Biden's business was a sham, pretending to peddle influence that he didn't actually have, or whether there was some substance to it. So that, to me, merits <laughs> an inquiry. <laughs> it does not merit an impeachment. And impeachment should be, holy cow, we should have like some evidence of something truly shocking before we take the extraordinary step of beginning an impeachment inquiry, or else we just risk deepening the whole impeachment process. Babbling. An influence he doesn't have. Like the influence of putting his dad on the phone? To help enforce payment terms on a business deal? <laughs> a family whose great-grandkids appear to be in receipts of money from the Chinese Communist Party in Ukraine? Cheapening impeachment. <laughs> President Trump made a phone call. In fact, and this is sometimes forgotten in the fog of history, the first impeachment proceedings for President Donald John Trump were written before he took office. <laughs> there were promises to do it then. PBS is somewhat taxpayer funded, and we're in the midst of, once again, 
the drama, the kabuki theater of the government shutdown. How about no more money ever? We said a uh, public radio NPR reporter tried to try to uh, ambush me. We were getting ready for an interview about my company. I used to be a startup executive at a company called Spin Spotter and helped spot bias in news. And this reporter said to me, um, she goes, let me ask you a question before we start the interview. I did some research and, and your mom is a Democrat and a liberal. And um, is she embarrassed by your politics? And I look up and she's recording. I said, oh, hey, look, you're recording. And she goes, oh, oh, I'm just checking the, the sound levels. I go, great. Well, then ask me that question when we start the interview. Well, we could just talk about it now. I go, do you really think I'm that dumb? I, 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 I'm not Newt, not, not Newt Gingrich's mom. They, they did that to Newt Gingrich's mom. Second story in the Tower of Babbling. Three years after Pfizer and Moderna warned that this would be a possible side effect of the modified RNA shots, not to mention Michael Yeadon, a former Pfizer VP, Geert van den Bosch, a legendary immunologist, creator of vaccines, warning this would happen. Tony Fauci finally admits this. Again, we have experience with this type of vaccine in billions of people. It's a safe vaccine. Of course, with the mRNA, there's a very, very, very low risk, particularly in young men, of getting a myocarditis. But if you look at the risk of myocarditis from COVID itself is greater than the risk of the vaccine. That's an utter lie, uh, that the risk of 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 myocarditis from the, uh, the, the getting COVID from the injection. It's an utter lie. How can I prove that? Because when you get the COVID flu, you develop immunity to it, you overcome it. When you're injected with the modified RNA, half of people keep producing the spike protein for gosh knows how long. So it continues to produce the cytotoxic element that leads to the swelling of the heart or the sac around the heart. This is one of the reasons why we see a 40% increase in all-cause mortality, 80% in some life, in some age groups. One day, well, we know God will judge. Number three story in the Tower of Babbling, and I'm not saying that Mary Bowden is babbling. She's not. Mary, Mary, Mary Tally Bowden, MD, was slandered and fired for, creating, for treating COVID patients. Instead of injecting them with poisons, she tells us pharmacies are still refusing to dispense safe treatments for COVID-like symptoms. Ms. Bowden? No, I'm not going to fill this prescription. Doctor, Ms., I'm not going to fill this prescription. No matter what you tell me right now, that's my judgment that I'm using. I have the right to do that. Whatever you want to do with that, feel free. Can you just tell me what... Um What's the plan if he gets COVID and he goes downhill? Can I send him to you? Will you take care of him? Sure, go for it. So you're you're gonna take are care. Are you of gonna him? take care of him? Are you seeing him at house? Or are you sending prescriptions based off the telephone? Uh, excuse me, I saw that person in in person. And telemedicine is allowed, by the way. HCV usually does not fill this medication. It's up to the pharmacist's discretion based on the dosing that you're doing. But we are not comfortable filling it. Do you know at what the location. Do you know what the LD50 is? Yes, I do. Okay, what's the LD50 of ivermectin? Oh, my goodness. What is it? It's 25 milligrams per kilogram. Do you know what the dosage is I prescribed? It's 0.4 milligrams per kilogram. Did you learn that in pharmacy school? The pharmacist's name was Nikki. 
is, Nikki, the pharmacy is H-E-B Pharmacy in San Antonio, Texas. At least that's where they're headquartered. So you have a highly educated physician who has been slandered and in fact fired by her hospital who said she was a danger to patients because she would not follow the COVID narrative, simply trying to get a prescription filled and a petulant, I think we could agree, petulant, angry, self-affected of the greatest possible grandeur of knowledge, Nikki refuses to fill a prescription that she doesn't understand even the basics of the dosages from the perspective of an MD, Mary Tally Bowden. So she babbles into the phone something or other. Cultural revolutions flip society. From men who pretend to be women gaining the ability to enter women's spaces like the teacher we mentioned, the coach, the volleyball coach, the man who went into a girl's locker room as they were changing, and he himself took off, quote, his bra, his panties, although the, the police reports have to say hers, around the girls. He's given that power. We have a wash, an invasion of people coming into the country, not being, being told, hey, we don't care about our immigration laws. We don't care that you're not really a refugee. We're not even going to pretend to care. We're going to give you 2200 bucks a month, which is twice what average Social Security recipients get. We don't care. It's a flipping of society. And we have all of a sudden pharmacists' ability to say to a doctor, I refuse to fill this out. Why? Because I'm on the winning side. See, I'm going to stand with the party bosses because I know if I stand with the party bosses, it's just like junior high. I know if I stand with the bully, then I myself won't be bullied. I myself will save my job. There are worse things than losing a job. There are worse things than standing on the temporarily losing side because, of course, we were told, once again, by the source of all truth, the Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, me being in this case the Lord Jesus. Rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I don't count myself a prophet, anything like that, not even a pastor, but someone who is here to share the testimony that when God gave me that big assignment we talked about earlier in the show, after I finished the small things, the dream I've had my entire adult life of being on a radio network this size has come true as a direct result of that. What is the least remarkable thing you've done to fail to follow the Word of God? And how can you go about correcting it today? Because I think that is one of the ways we get our nation back. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Because we believe we speak, because He first loved us, we love others. This is A Disciple's View. I'm Todd Herman. God be with you and yours.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.